0: Our guest today has had incredible sets of experiences. Chris Granger will take us through his journey, which began at Disney, then taking him to New Haven, where he got his MBA at Yale, and had the opportunity to meet David Stern, commissioner, the late commissioner of the NBA. During his tenure with the NBA, both Adam Silver, the current commissioner, and David Stern helped mentor Chris He left the NBA and joined the basketball team in Sacramento, then moved to Detroit to work for the Illich family. His experiences were so deep and vast in facilities and operations that one of the true entrepreneurs in American sports, Tim Laiwiki, hired him to be the CEO of the Oakville Group Facilities. Our guest, Chris Granger. Welcome, friends. We've got an extraordinary guest tonight. Someone who began their career at Disney and now is running a unique entrepreneurial driven company. Our guest, Chris Granger. Chris, it's been a while since you and I have seen each other live. So, how have you survived the pandemic?
1: Oh, like everybody. It's, first of all, it's good to see you again. I mean, it was, as you well know, just a very rough few years for our industry at large. So it's nice to, to start to reconnect with people. It's nice to host people at events again. It's nice to go to conferences and see old friends. So it's been uh, the last several months here have been much more fun than the last few years before that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Interesting how you got into sports. Uh, you were a Disney trained executive. So take us back through the beginning and how, where the sports bug came, uh, how you ended up at Disney, and then how you ended up at, at the NBA.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, like most people in our industry, I grew up just a fan and, and loving sports. I grew up in Northwest Indiana, so a fan of Chicago sports broadly. So the Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, everybody but the White Sox when I was a kid. So that, those were my squads growing up. Went to college, and in college, I knew that I liked, I, I knew that I wanted to work at Disney and I always wanted to work at Disney. So after graduating, I, I packed up the car and moved to Florida. And I, and funnily enough, I couldn't get a job at Disney out of the gates. They were under a hiring freeze. So my first job was actually at Universal Studios, and I was a carnival barker. So my job was to hold the microphone and get you to come up on stage so I could guess your birth month, so I could guess your weight, so I could guess how old you were, and that's how it all started. So I did that for a few months, always going back to Disney. Finally, after a few months of doing that, I got a job at Disney World um, in retail, worked in retail for a while at Mickey's Character Shop wearing these wonderful blue polyester pants, did that until I got into the hotel business at Disney. So I started at the Wilderness Lodge, opened the Wilderness Lodge Hotel as a front desk host. From there, got into our leadership program, moved over to the Grand Floridian Beach Resort um, and did a host of managerial jobs there, guest services, bell services, valet, but mainly focused on the, the concierge business at the Grand Floridian, which was amazing. And it was a great experience. And Disney does such a nice job, not only of teaching you about customer service and how to make people feel special, how to anticipate needs, but it's just They do a really nice job of attention to detail, the understanding of process, the understanding of the importance of execution, and certainly from a cultural standpoint, helping you understand the link between leadership and customer service. So for someone who is starting a career in any career path, it was sort of the perfect education because the lessons you learn there, you can then apply anywhere. After about four years at Disney, I went back to get my MBA. I went to Yale to get my MBA, as you know. And it was there where David Stern came to my business school to give a talk, just like executives go to business schools to give a talk.
0: Just so our fans know, David uh, David Stern, who passed away, was the former uh, commissioner of the NBA and really was the godfather of NBA and basketball as we see it today on the professional and international stage.
1: Without a doubt. And I mean, the best of the best. So he came to my school to give a talk, and as I said, I was an NBA fan, so I went to go to the talk, not thinking anything of it other than this is going to be really cool. And about halfway through, he makes a joke saying, hey, every year I pick one business school to go to, this year I picked you guys because you're smart and I want your resumes. And everybody laughed, ha, 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 and I thought, huh, ha, 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 here's my resume. And I went up and I introduced myself to him. Somebody took my resume and I thought, wow, that was really cool. I just met the commissioner of the NBA. Sure enough, two days later, I get a call. Um, I got a call from a woman named Marcia Sells, who was then head of HR at the NBA. She invited me to come back to New York and and talk to her and talk to David and talk to Adam Silver, obviously the current commissioner of the NBA. And we made up a job for me. We made up a job for me in human resources, believe it or not. So my first job at the NBA was working on our internship program at the nba our leadership and sort of service training at the nba and it was great and i thought wow this is amazing i'm going to get the nba on my resume i'm going to deal with new york city quote unquote for two years and then go back to disney or go to las vegas um, and stay in hospitality and you know two turned into 15 pretty quickly and i had the great chance to work with david work with adam obviously i went to the teambo team marketing and business operations department worked with scott o'neill um, for several years before ultimately taking over that department. But it was, um, you know, obviously I grew up at the NBA. The opportunity to learn from not just the executives there, but the executives at each of the 30 teams of the NBA. I can't imagine a greater learning opportunity than that. I mean, they, that group of people taught me the business of sports. And, and to this day, I'm in their debt.
0: And then you get the opportunity to leave and go back on the team side working for a family. So describe what that was like and and what those properties were like that you had an opportunity to lead.
1: Yeah. So obviously the upside of working in Teambo is you see everything, right? You're an in-house consultant for the team business, seeing every great idea, every not so great idea in big markets and small markets and winning markets and losing markets and you start to get a real sense of what might or might not work in a given situation. So when the opportunity came to go to Sacramento, I mean, it was a, it was an easy decision for me because one Sacramento has incredible fans, just incredible support from the community there Two, It was an opportunity to do something special um, in building a new arena there, which was something that I had never had the opportunity to do. And three, you know, I, I, really appreciated the way Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Kings, views sports as a mechanism for good. And he very early on understood that sports provide an incredible platform to make a difference in a community. And that resonated with me. The opportunity to shine a light on causes that matter, the opportunity in Sacramento to do some interesting things around sustainability, which is a personal passion of mine, um And the opportunity to be innovative there, so so that opportunity came in 2013. Obviously, we did build the arena, Golden One Center, which was just a wonderful experience, did some mixed use development around the arena as well. So I was in Sacramento for about four years before the opportunity came to do a similar role, although a bigger platform in Detroit. So for me then to go to Detroit, where I had the opportunity to oversee the business of the Red Wings the Detroit Tigers, what's called 313 Presents, which is the music arm of of what we were doing there, and six venues, obviously opening Little Caesars Arena, but then overseeing the historic 90-year-old Fox Theater, Comerica Park, three outdoor amphitheaters, including Pine Knob, which is just an iconic outdoor summer venue. And for me, it was a great opportunity to be back in the Midwest. So now I had the chance to do two iconic teams, multiple venues, and be back in the Midwest it was again just a, an opportunity of a lifetime for me at that time to spread my wings a little further and and grow a little more than I had the chance to do in Sacramento.
0: So baseball and basketball, balancing those two. How did uh, and hockey? I mean, yeah. baseball,
1: hockey. You know, it, I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I was I was 15 years at the league office, um, another four years in Sacramento. So as I said, 20 years almost in the NBA for me to learn the business of baseball and to learn the business of hockey was really refreshing. I enjoyed it. You know, the, the core principles remain the same in terms of selling full season tickets and providing value to your partners and, and doing interesting things for your fans. But, you know, every, every league has its own nuance and, and the fans are a little different in each sport the, obviously, the communities are different. Working with the leagues is different in each sport. So for me, it was really fun to have a different perspective on the business of sports than I had during my whole time at the NBA.
0: Then one of the the greatest entrepreneurs in the sports, uh, Tim Lewicki, reaches out to you. Talk about that was like I, how well did you know Tim before you had the opportunity to come to work with him?
1: Yeah, Tim. Tim is amazing. Obviously. He is a true entrepreneur, and obviously his his partner in Oakview Group, Irving Azoff, is himself a titan of the industry, so to have the opportunity to work with both of them, you know, Dream come true, Tim and I have known each other for many, many years, um even prior to this conversation about this role at Oakview Group, in fact, we had probably been talking about this type of role for five years or so. So this was a a long courtship and a long recruiting process on each side. For me, the the timing was right. Obviously, I don't know that there's anybody in sports and entertainment who has more momentum right now than Oakview Group. I love the arena business, which is something I learned in Sacramento and what was reinforced for me in Detroit. To be able to work with Tim, to be able to have the Breadth of arenas and venues that we have in Oakview Group um, was very intriguing for me. Obviously, since I've been here, we've purchased the Spectra business, which further increased the number of venues that we work with um, and gave me the opportunity to work more closely in the food and beverage business, which is also new for me. So that's been extremely energizing. But, you know, again, I, I think. First and foremost, the, the thing that mattered to me most and that intrigues me most was just my shared values with him. Um, I, I love his sense of entrepreneurialism. I love his commitment to bold moves. And I love his commitment to sustainability, to diversity, and to really thinking about this business in a different way. So it's been a, a wonderful treat for me to be here at Oakview Group.
0: When you think about the Kraken, and his involvement and how he uh, put Bonderman in a group together and opened that arena from a sustainability perspective. What That, that was, that was uh, earth shattering, so to speak, in terms of what went into that.
1: Listen, it's a spectacular story. I'm not sure there's been a better launch of a team than the launch of the Seattle Kraken in any league in any sport ever. They've really not only captured the imagination of sort of the industry and the community in Seattle, but you know, they've they've done it in the right way. And again, their commitment to diversity and inclusion in Seattle, their commitment to reflecting the values of that community are it's the way it should be done. And and I give Tim and Todd and the entire ownership group credit for for doing what they've done in a classy way. And then you have Climate Pledge Arena on top of that, which, again, I think is one of the great architectural projects in our industry's history. The way they saved the iconic roof of the old Key Arena, raised it in the air, built the arena underneath it, then lowered the roof back on top is just, it's a wonderful architectural feat. Aside from the fact that it's the first carbon zero building in the world, um, and the things that that building does in terms of decarbonization strategies, in terms of on-site renewables, in terms of using rainwater in smart, sustainable ways, I mean it's it's absolutely brilliant. And kudos to the whole crew there for what they've done.
0: So, as you think about your career and the highlights that you you think back on that have have given you really an opportunity to say, geez, I made a difference? What would be the two or three things that you can reflect on and share with our audience?
1: Well, listen, I've been very lucky with my career, so I'll start with that. You know, I, I think I've I've been lucky in that I've taken something from every one of these positions, right? To, to work at Disney at age 22 and have the exposure I had to... You know, truly the best practices in customer service and the best practices in hospitality, you know, was and, and to work at the the flagship resort of all Disney properties was just was truly a gift for me. Then I get to go to the NBA and, and work with David and Adam, who are, again, iconic in our industry, brilliant in different ways. Um, and the chance to work in Teambo where our job was to help teams. So a a side benefit of that was I got to learn an awful lot from some of the best operators in the world. But like our job at the end of the day was to help teams make more money, help them sell more tickets, help them in the community, help them with their, their television deals, help them with their community programs. So just the opportunity to be in a role where we could be of help on a daily basis was just very, very rewarding. Then I get to go to Sacramento and build, at the time, what was the first lead Platinum arena in the country. Now I think there are five lead Platinum sports venues. So the opportunity, one, to keep the team in Sacramento for these amazing fans, and two, build something special in a community that needed a lift in energy, a lift in confidence, was something that, that I will always be grateful for that opportunity. And then to go to Detroit in a great American city that that has had to deal with its share of hard times and use these great iconic teams to make a difference in the community and to give people a chance that otherwise might not have had a chance. And then now I get to go to Oakview Group and, and do it on a bigger, bigger stage. So again, like I, I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky and really grateful to work with great people who understand the power of our industry understand our opportunity to make a difference. And again, I'm I'm very, very lucky.
0: I think as you summarize that, what stands out to me is what you've taken from each one of these experiences and the type of leadership, experience, presence, and camaraderie that you bring to this role. And this is kind of the culmination of a lot of the things you've done, to be able to put it all together in a different way to look at problems. And to solve problems, where you have individuals you're working for that have this open mind uh, about creativity and being able to use your expertise. So, has that been utilized? How has that been utilized? Do you think so far?
1: One of sort of my core principles learned along the way is just nothing is more important than people. Right? It it all starts with people, and it all starts with talent. My big takeaway thus far and what I try to employ to this day in this role is like really recruiting the best people, giving them space to be great, making sure that people are rooting for each other and understanding that it's okay when people want to leave for bigger and better things. And in fact, like it's our job as a leader to give people the exposure and the platform to do things that are going to attract the attention of others. In so doing, what I found is that, you know, I can I can point to people who I've had the chance to work with or have worked for me along the way who are now often doing amazing, great things. And that's provided its own network for future recruiting as well. But listen, at the end of the day, I, I just I, I am such a believer in talent. I am such a believer in culture. I am such a believer in rooting for each other. It's, it's those skill sets that I think have enabled me to, to have some pretty neat opportunities along the way.
0: Well, it's a pleasure for our audience to listen to your journey. It's quite incredible, and I really appreciate you taking time to share your journey with us.
1: No, listen, anytime, and, and I appreciate you. I appreciate the help you've given me and the counsel you've given me along the way as well, and uh, I certainly wouldn't have had the opportunities that I've had without your counsel, so thank you.
0: Uh, my pleasure.